0: Hello and welcome to Christ Dependent Single Motherhood. Are you feeling exhausted, overwhelmed and longing for a safe community of believers? Do you sit up at night googling how to work and homeschool at the same time or Bible verses on anxiety? Do you wish for a Titus 2 older woman to help you navigate this lonely parenting path? I'm Sarah, a veteran homeschooling mom, daughter of Christ, and no stranger to broken marriage. I know the heavy burden of shouldering a family alone. I only wanted to raise my children to love Jesus Christ, but I watched as my family crumbled in front of me. I didn't know who I could trust, but God provided the healing and discipleship I needed through mentors who spent years faithfully applying His Word to my heart, like ointment to wounds. My desire is to use this podcast to share what I've learned, what I'm still learning. My prayer is that you'll be pointed to Christ, learn to forgive, find freedom from fear, and learn that we have a God who can be trusted. Make sure your earbuds are charged and grab your Bible. Let's walk this path together. Well, welcome back once again to another week of the podcast. And we're here again with Pastor Chris Bronze, who is the pastor of the Red Brick Church in Stillman Valley, Illinois, here in the US of A. And he is going to be discussing once again some of his material from one of his books, Unpacking Forgiveness. And today, I think we're really going to be talking about how we can become free from bitterness um, in Jesus Christ. Welcome back, Pastor Bronze.
1: Thank you, Sarah, so much for having me. I'm so thankful for the opportunity.
0: Wonderful. So, you know, when I read your book, um, there were so many elements of it that I appreciated. I appreciated your sensitivity to people who had been severely wronged. Um Sometimes, I, I know we discussed in our last conversation, sometimes, when people who have been deeply hurt start to hear a message about forgiveness, it, it just it feels like it's going to be this huge burden. Like it's one more thing that they have to do, and they're already carrying this weight of um, of woundedness. And that's that's already a very heavy load to carry. And I appreciated that. Yeah, I'll
1: just, I just stop you there for a minute. Sure. Cause I just got to say this. One of the first times I ever preached on forgiveness, a young pastor, this uh-huh. was my 30th year. This was years and years and years ago. And so I'm going to preach about forgiveness. I just announced the series brightly from up front, you know, this young pastor with a young family and I went in the foyer after church, and, and I can picture where I was. And this young mom came up to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, I don't want to hear uh, what you have to say about forgiveness. And this was not a lady with a bad attitude. This was a faithful part of our church, a dear sister. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I said, oh, Why? Whatever, for? Or why would you not? And she said, You know, she said, I was in an extended situation where uh, I was abused by a stepfather, Mm -hmm. and he's never taken any ownership for it. And he's still in our family. And now I have uh, junior high uh, children, and my family thinks that I should be forgiving and allow them to stay there. And, and, You're you're gonna tell me, I just have to let go of this and move on, and 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 I mean I and then you know, you know I've met with people like this and 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 dealt with my own stuff, and you just see as a pastor I see tissues uh, piling up on the table between us. I cannot tell you how many times, you know. I've been spe- you know, I've grabbed a box of Kleenexes when dealing with these things. And so I just know some of your listeners, that's where they're at. And listen, I just want to give assurances that Jesus is not going to call them to put their children in harm's way or in a threatening situation. He, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ certainly doesn't diminish the gravity of sin. Right. Uh, he is a just judge. So I know I know, I cut you off there, but but as a pastor, um, you know, I just have, and as a person, I have all these things that fly through my mind when I think about what people are going about through about forgiveness. And I think that's why we need uh, books from pastors and those who have been hurt about forgiveness, because they're not just these academic discussions. So, so I'll stop. No, but, but I,
0: that's I just, exactly, but that's exactly. And and see, it's that type of story. And I think you shared that. Didn't you share that story in the book? It's that type of story. I did. It was story. it was a defining yeah.
1: thing for me. Right.
0: It was I
1: still, I still uh, I I remember another time, this is this is not in a book, a lady said to me, she's going through a tough, tough time, awful situation. And I had this legal pad out, and I'm writing things down. And she said, "You know, the last two pastors have been young pastors, and you're another young pastor, and you have you have these sort of you're going to have these trite answers." And she, she she wasn't being difficult or nasty. She had just been through a lot, and and uh, and when she said it. I mean, I believe in the sufficiency of the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I also knew that she was right. That I mean, I couldn't relate immediately to what she had been through, and uh, certainly not in many ways at that of that regard. So this is an area we really have to be uh, careful with, and understand that we're we're dealing with people who in a fallen world have been through a great deal.
0: Right, right. And it's not helpful to hammer them with the idea, oh. the doctrine of forgiveness.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, but but it is helpful to comfort them with the doctrine of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And when they understand, when it's understood in a way that's true to scripture, uh, this is the truth. But the Lord Jesus Christ said will set us free. Mm. It, it sets us free. And that's the uh, promise that Christ gives with his good news.
0: So in case there are people who haven't heard the previous episode, can you just give us a brief, um, you know, high altitude view of in a, in a sentence, what is biblical forgiveness? forgiveness
1: in a sentence is a commitment to the one who's offended us and repented that the matter no longer stands between us, though it doesn't mean the elimination of consequences. Okay. So, so that's it um, in a sentence. So, so the, the, the idea with interpersonal forgiveness is that we apply the gospel the way God forgives us. We apply that to how we forgive other people. And God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we're still sinners. If we repent and turn to Christ, God forgives us. Mm, And he does so graciously. We may have consequences uh, until Jesus comes back, but we're forgiven. So, as far as the East is from the West, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, uh, therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we as Christians ought always to offer the gift of forgiveness to people. We should wrap the package and hold the gift out across the table, the gift of forgiveness. If the other person repents and receives the gift, then the matter has been dealt with between the two of us.
0: Right. But again, just like you're saying, there could still be consequences. There might not be a full and perfect restoration in this life. I know in the conversation we had a while back, you gave an example. Do you think you could share that story with our listeners just to help them understand, you know, put what you're saying in terms of there could still be consequences?
1: Well, I always tease about this. I have no history of bank robbery. I've never uh, robbed a bank in in any way, but I always tease my people about this. When they I, I say, look, if I robbed the bank in Stillman Valley, Illinois, if I was sorry, would the church forgive me? And the and the answer is they would they would forgive me. But then the next question is uh, could I still be the pastor of our church? And and of course, no, I would be disqualified from ministry. So I use that. Hypothetical example, but, but listen, um, someone who has stolen from the church treasury can be forgiven. Uh, he or she could never be in charge of the church finances again. Uh, someone who has harmed children could be forgiven they're not going to be working with children. So forgiveness doesn't mean the elimination of consequences. And and then in, in domestic situations, that's why it's so important that we work through this in the context of the local church. There are times when with a pastor and with those in leadership, uh, you, you say, listen, um, the, the person is repentant, um, the one who has been unfaithful, the one who's done this or that, but that the marriage may be um, done. The, the, that's not the outcome that we long for. That's not what we hope for. We pray for restoration, right. even when there there is a grave offense. But there are times um, when it is it is necessary. And you know, I talk about that in unpacking forgiveness. It's in, in an appendix. I talk about this whole question of divorce.
0: Yes. Now, one of the things, what we talked about last time at the end was revisiting this topic of being free from bitterness. Um, You know, and and we've talked about it, it is something that can revisit us sometimes. Sometimes we think we've dealt with feelings of bitterness and anger, anger towards someone who's wronged us, particularly if they're not repentant, but sometimes even if they are, um, what are the steps that you outline to to put away bitterness?
1: Yeah. B- by the way, uh, you know, you write a book and you get interviewed by by uh, so many times, and one of the questions I think is an excellent question. What's the hardest part for me personally about forgiveness? And the hardest part for me personally is how can I stop thinking about it? I have a tendency to get on this mental durable wheel and to go over it and over it and over it again. There have been times I I can look out right now and I can see my yard where uh, I mow my yard and there have been times where I was mowing my yard, and I told myself, "I am not going to I'm going to stop thinking about this." And I hadn't even made it to the end of the row before I was thinking about it again. Right. I didn't even make make one circuit. so so the question is, um, how do we stop thinking about it? And by the way, it's a huge problem to be thinking about it because then we're defined by it. You know, mm. then when we're going over this and over this and over again, it's, you know, bitterness is like taking poison to get back at someone else. Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and we'll be defined by someone. So, you know, how, how do we work through it? And broadly, I would say this. Listen, this is where we need the Psalms. This is where we need the Psalter. Psalter, the Psalms are about a journey. They're about movement from one place to another. So you take Psalm 73, which is a Psalm that I interact with in Unpacking Forgiveness. Uh, I have a chapter, how can I conquer bitterness? And in, in the beginning of the Psalm, the Psalm of Asaph, he is really disillusioned and cynical about what people have done and he says they get away with the wicked get away with all this stuff they have no pangs until death their bodies are fat and sleek they're not in trouble as others are you know he says their eyes swell out through fatness and then he starts feeling sorry for himself he says verse 13 all in vain have i kept my heart clean and i've washed my hands in innocence Hey, I tried to do the right thing, and it, it was for nothing. So listen, if that's where you're at, you know, I tried to do the right thing, and it was for nothing, and I'm in this difficult place. Well, this is a psalm to which you can relate, and if you will move through this psalm, it, it'll it'll change your, your world. But remember, you, you don't eat a psalm like you eat a cookie. You, you don't just take it, crunch it down, and it's it's done with. No, you have to really meditate on it and dwell in it. I mean, the, the best thing to do is to memorize it. I'm memorizing a psalm right now, and it's changing my world. I, I recently, in the last year or so, memorized uh, the 121st Psalm. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Yeah. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth? He will not let your. He who keeps you will not slumber. You know it goes on, goes on from there. So 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 broadly, Psalms are your friend. And the seventy third Psalm, I talked about a little bit in the last episode. I talk about it again. It's about the person who's making this journey. And I kind of, in my exposition of this, I outline uh, four steps um four things to think about as you're processing bitterness first wait for god's justice and trust his providence Mm. wait for god's justice and trust his providence listen we we have to have the joseph story we have to be like old testament Joseph and if you haven't read that story recently uh, go back and read it again if you have read it recently go back and read it again um when Joseph's brothers finally come to him at the end uh, Joseph says you intended to harm me but God intended it for good uh, to bring and God had purposes in this and and that's mysterious right it doesn't mean that God's the author of the sins of his brothers but it does mean that God is providentially in concern, control and we can trust him. Yes. So when, when I, I think about uh, uh, grave injustices in my life that, that happened uh, as a child from very early on, listen, um, I trust that the Lord had something in and through that. Um, that I can lean into his providence, even though uh, I don't completely understand it. I don't exa- understand it exhaustively. I, I know part of it, um, part of it was that I might have a tender heart and a sensitivity uh, to people who were growing going through really difficult things. That, that's part of it. Paul, Paul talks about that Second Corinthians 1. He says, I despaired even of life, but this happened that I might be comforted and so know how to comfort other people. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's the first one, rest in the providence of God. And and listen, that's why it's so critical to be in a local church that has a a Christ-centered worldview. They're not there to meet felt needs or to jump through the hoops that people set up. They are there to point you to the one true God. Uh, The second uh, uh, principle that that I have down, and I'm cheating, I'm looking here at my book, book, is listen to wise people. Uh, you, You need community. You need community. Isn't it something that we live in such an isolated age and we don't have... I live in a small town. Uh, town of I live outside of a town of a thousand people. We don't have uh, a local commerce. Our stuff comes for through UPS and the mail. Like so, when do we see people? When do we see people? Now we had this awful thing with this pandemic that we went through. We're on the other side of it now, but so many people have been cut off from the community of the redeemed. Uh, listen. I mean, to those who listen, uh, you need a local church. Amen. You need a community of people. You just you need to, some of the best of church happens when you're setting up chairs or setting up the nursery or working in, in whatever area and serving. And older ladies are, are with younger ladies and older men are with younger men. And listen to advice and accept instruction. In the end, you will be wise. Proverbs mm. says, "Listen to advice, accept instruction, and the end you will be wise." So, as you work through this bitterness, um, you need uh, wise. I, I'm picturing that it's mostly ladies that who are listening. Yes. So, I'll say, you need wise sisters around you, and, and listen. Um, I. <clears throat> As a pastor, I've seen, I've seen multiple occasions where, uh, young parents listening to the wrong things, their worlds w- were destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's never been easier to listen to the wrong stuff. Be very careful what you listen to. Be very careful how much you're clicking around on social media you 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 will get shaped and sounding like such a preacher here okay but you <laughs> but you are i i'm being i'm i'm really getting wound up but but listen um and and you know they can't see me uh you know i'm i'm 59 years old i'm a grandfather so i've i've got gray hair and, and my you know my children are adults now so so, this is what happens. But, you know, the Bible says the words of gossip are like choice morsels that go down to the innermost parts of your being. Now, what does that mean? It, it means gossip, social media, this garbage um, that we have so available to us, it kind of tastes good going down. I mean, that's how gossip is. There's some a uh, piece of trivia did you know this or did you know that and there's an appetite that we have in the flesh that likes to hear it but it it changes us it goes down to our innermost being i there's a while i was on a, a a kick of these little english toffee chocolates they're tremendous i think they're hersheys i recommend them that a gold wrapper and I would just pop those things in. And any one of them was, you know, just like not that big. And they tasted really good uh, going down. But, of course, um, they were not very good uh, for me physically. They go down to my innermost being. So sometimes when we're struggling with bitterness, th- this sounds like, well, this is really trivial. Listen, you're struggling with, uh, with bitterness, gossip, and talking with the wrong people, it is not your friend and it's not the path mm-hmm. to healing. Listen to wise people. So that's two. So number one, trust a just God who's providential. Uh, number three, um, listen to wise, or number two, listen to wise people. And uh, the, the the third thing is, um, Pursue God's blessing for yourself and those close to you. Now, this is an interesting thing about the psalm. If you look at the psalm, the psalmist, the turning point is verse 15, where he's feeling really sorry for himself or uh, talking to sisters. You're feeling; They're feeling really sorry for themselves. Verse 15, he says, if I had said, I will speak thus, I would have bet, betrayed the generation of your children. In Mm -hmm. other words, if I continue in the trajectory of being defined by bitterness, I'm not just going to take down myself. I'm going to take down a lot of people around me. What is is the
0: verse in Hebrews um, that talks about bitterness and poisoning those around you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. See yeah, that?
1: well, there, there's the warning about Esau uh, yeah. that that comes um, and, and it says, you know, a, a root of bitterness, don't let a root of bitterness uh, grow up in you that b- by which many are defiled. So that's in 1215. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled.
0: So I, I call this. Go ahead. We don't think about that, do we? I mean, it's with like with any sin, but there is two places right there in scripture that says you can't play with this because it's not just just going to have consequences for you. It's going to have consequences that you can't even predict on those around you.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right. And listen, everybody listening to this is indoctrinated, here's a technical term, with expressive individualism. Our culture tells us over and over again that we're islands unto ourselves. What we do is our business and no one else's business, and I get to be true to myself. Listen, that, that is, a, a it is a lie, is a lie. We are, you know, John Donne, the famous English poet, said, "No man is an island. Every man is a continent, part of the continent, a piece of the main." He he says that if, if you hear the church bells tolling, don't say, "For whom does the bell toll?" said Donne. It it tolls for thee. Um, if if someone else, he he's talking about death in this case, diminishes me because I'm a part of of mankind but you if you are defined by bitterness if a person is defined by bitterness listen that has grave implications not only for you but for all the people who are connected to you i call this uh, the principle of the rope I, I always say listen you're roped to a lot of other people mm-hmm. and if you jump over the cliff uh, you pull people over with you. Now, the beautiful thing about the the principle of the rope is that it works in the positive as well as the negative. Mm-hmm. If if we're defined by the Lord Jesus, uh, you cannot imagine how the Lord Jesus Christ can use that not only in your own life but in the lives of the people that you mm-hmm. love. And so that's a that's a beautiful truth. So so that's that's the third thing. Listen. Um, Think think about other people. Don't just think about yourself and pursue God's God's blessing. And then the fourth the fourth thing is, um, call bitterness what it is. Um, call call it sin. It, it's not justified. Uh, to be defined by anger and hatred, we don't have a, a right to that. Mm. And. And by the way uh, i'm I'm under a contract right now for uh, a book, and I'm writing right now a book on repentance, yes, on how we how we turn things around. One of the most difficult times to repent of our own transgressions is when we have been gravely wronged. amen I, mean, <laughs> if, if, I just if, say if amen, you, if you when you know. I mean, I'll just say myself, when do I make, when have I made the biggest mistakes in life? It's when I know I'm right. Like, and even when I am right, but, but so I've been wronged and legitimately so, but then there can be a tendency at that point, not to deal with my own stuff. Yeah. And, and that's a dangerous place. And so, you know, I would, you know, say to those who have been deeply hurt, uh, who are struggling with bitterness, be careful that you don't fail uh, to, to deal with the things in your own world.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, this is something, <laughs> you know, as I read your book, I knew it was something that I needed. And that was why I was reading it. When I asked you to join us, and I'm so glad you did. I knew it was because Most of the people listening, if not all, would need to hear these messages about forgiveness and freedom from bitterness. But I'm looking forward to editing this so I can listen to it again, because it's just it's deeply convicting and it's it just gives me so much hope. Um, The gospel is not burdensome, is it?
1: No, no, it's not. Yes, sometimes I tease about this, but 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 I, I'm a little serious about it. Sometimes people uh, say to me, "Well, I'm just really uh, struggling with bitterness. What what should I do?" And what I say is, um, "Don't read my book. Uh, don't read my book." And <laughs> and 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 then they're like, well, You know, why would you say that?" And and the answer is like, "Look, maybe right now, if." If you've been gravely wounded, and you read a book on forgiveness, you'll find yourself for whatever it is—I got—I got it right here. Whatever number of pages it is, two hundred some pages, you'd be thinking about it over and over again. Now, I want people to read my book, and I think it helps to learn what Jesus teaches about forgiveness. But you might—you might say, well. What should I do then? What is the positive thing I do? Listen, be in a good church. Be mm. in a good church. Mm. And just just hear uh, the word preached. Uh, sing in Christ alone. Uh, as we adore Christ, 2 Corinthians 3, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to transform us increasingly to his image. Uh, do this. Um, if you're struggling with bitterness, memorize the Beatitudes. You know, it, it's Matthew 5, 3 to, to 10. It's not that long. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, I'm I'm absolutely broken. I'm at the end of uh, myself. I need Jesus. You're in a good place. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You say, I'm so brokenhearted. Listen, sister... You will be comforted. I want to be angry and get back. Listen to verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Our Lord Jesus said, this is what's true of the people of his kingdom. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You want mercy? Think about what Jesus said. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed, and, and, and doubtless this one is true of some of your listeners, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So the, 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 they want their children to be taught the word. They want them to grow in in Christ, and they're harangued for it or made fun of or put down blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake theirs is the kingdom of heaven just think about our king the lord jesus Uh, meditate on who he is and what he is like you will not be disappointed in him
0: Mm.
1: he is the savior that we need as we uh, come to him, we find rest. Don't be defined by bitterness.
0: Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. What is the verse? It says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. Can you finish it? Yeah. The glory? Yeah, yeah.
1: So 2 so uh, Corinthians uh three, seventeen and eighteen. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm-hmm. And we all with unveiled face beholding his glory are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Mm-hmm. So so the dynamic is that we become sort of what we worship. I mean you mm-hmm. see this with little boys and their sports idols. They start to bat like them. They start to uh, pitch like them because they look at them and what you adore, you become more alike. Mm-hmm. And the, the point from 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18, is as we adore Christ, we become more like him. But listen, there's a big difference between sports idolatry and looking at Jesus because the Apostle Paul says, now under the auspices of the new covenant, the Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts in a powerful way and this will change us at a subconscious way so that you find that you're, you're no longer given to bitterness because God is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So, so that, that uh, Second Corinthians 3, 17 18, is, is such a beautiful uh, a passage that as we look at Christ, the Holy Spirit is at work within us as we look at him in his his word. And so this is, again, why, you know, like the Beatitudes are are so critical.
0: Yes. Yeah. Look to Jesus because he is the embodiment of the Beatitudes. Well, thank you for being with us and thank you for sharing with us what the Lord has taught you through his word and through, I think, a lot of difficulties.
1: Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well. uh, I mean. I just. I. You know. I believe by faith that there's someone in particular who needed to hear this, who's really Mm -hmm. at the end of themselves, and uh, having the pastor's heart that I do, I'd I'd like to pray and knowing that an all-knowing God those exactly who needed to hear this, and uh, that they could be comforted. So uh, is that okay if I... Yes, why not right Yeah, that's Our Father in heaven, I lift up to those who are listening. I think of people who are really, really tired mm-hmm. and really at the end of themselves. And Lord, I pray that in very concrete and real ways, you would show yourself to them and that they would find rest in you. I pray that you'd be with their pastors. I pray that you'd be with their churches. If they're uh, between churches or looking for a church, I pray that you would lead them to a Christ word-centered church where they would be uh, fed and focused on you and they can be cared for. I pray, Lord, that you would, in your providence, bring people into uh, their world who would give them sunlight and who would uh, give them rest. Thank you for Sarah and for uh, your uh, direction in leading her to do this podcast. We pray that you would bless it and those listening. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. If you've been uplifted in any way by this podcast, it would mean so much if you'd not only subscribe, but leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded, believing women on the same path as you, consider joining our Facebook group. A link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, we have a God who can be trusted.